Hello and welcome to Motorsport Now. My name is Jade Paveley and today's guest is Red Bull's presenter Mike Chen. Myself and Mike met last year when I was doing some work at Fenend with Jaguar in the rally cars and uh, I decided to stalk him on Instagram to see if he was free and he was. So here's another side to motorsport and the filming side and presenting uh, part of the job. So without further ado, Mike, please introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. my name is Mike Chen. I'm a presenter for Red Bull TV and various other television and voiceover outlets. And um, yeah, nice to chat to you, Dave. Thank you very much for coming. My first question is, how did your race career start? Because actually, you've not always been in TV and presenting and voiceovers. You actually started off by karting, first of all. Yes, right. So my dad was he used to race mod sport and it's, it's like it's a funny thing isn't it because i think it's the same with you actually you know like and and so many other people young guys and girls who got into racing is through their parents so my dad used to race mod sports way back in the day and um and then he got married and i came along and and didn't have as much money anymore so he could just about afford to to stick me in a cadet and i started i think i was I was either six or seven when he first put me in it, but you couldn't race. You couldn't get your license as a cadet until you were eight. So I was racing cadets uh, in karting uh, from eight to 12. And we did, um, you know, just started out at like club level and stuff. But we did, uh, you know, Super One and Champions of the Future, as it was called back then. So the British Championship at national level and then European as we went into um, Yamaha and Jika. So we raced at European level and then a little bit of Formula A. Um, and then dabbled in cars um, before that age-old story of ran out of money comes into uh, into play. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of how I got into it. So I suppose really from sort of six or seven, certainly to my uh, late teens, early twenties, I was you know really heavily involved in motorsport, and it it was it was inevitable really that that was something that I was going to be involved in one way or another um, as a sort of. Even, even though, you know, I stopped racing kind of properly when I was, I guess, 19 or 20. It's usually around that age, isn't it? It's like when mum and dad have gone, right, come on, you're going to have to start helping out here. But you've, that's pretty serious that you've done all that and Formula A stuff. And how did you find it? Like, did any of your friends at school do it? Or was it just you had, like, mates from racing and that's what you did every weekend? Did you have a truck that you used to go with your dad? And was it the full work? It, do you know what? Bizarrely, there was one other lad who raced... Um, he didn't really race at the same level that we did, but he, he did cadets um, and he was, he was in my class at school, which was a bit bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause that, that was sort of a little bit, it was a little bit unheard of, but, um, but no, I mean, and karting has changed so much from what it used to be. You know, you used to go with your dad in a van with a trailer on the back and you'd go racing. And that was even at British championship level. And there were only kind of three or four teams back then. Obviously there was the zip, young guns and we spent a little bit of time with them but um, there was only sort of three or four teams now if you go into a cart paddock it's just teams everywhere you know there's the i think that father-son ethos is it doesn't run as strongly as it used to do in, in in karting certainly when i was doing it um and that was actually one of the things looking back that made it so special because you got to spend time with your dad and you didn't realize it at the time but now looking back it was you know it was that was that was that was a nice thing to do but um, yeah, so there was there was Ollie who used to race race with us, but to be honest, it was it was other than that, it was just me. Certainly in secondary school, it was just me. So I had my schoolmates, 
and then every weekend they'd go off and do their thing and and I'd go off and you know go and see all my karting mates and you know I was of that era when it was you know Nico Rosberg and Lewis and Paul and we were all racing together and they've gone on to do great things and <clears throat> I'm not jealous at all <laughs> I want to give you a bit of a hard time, actually, because you had that, um, is it straight to sideways or what was that thing where you did the rallying for? Well, oh, going straight sideways? Yes, yeah, so they all gave you a bit of a hard time saying, well, you're not going to be able to do it. But actually, you did have quite a lot of experience with your belt, but obviously just track. So going to yeah, all circuit racing. Yeah, so going straight sideways was that we did rally GB. That was a thing for Red Bull TV in 2016. Um, and I'd become, and still am, obviously, good friends with Rich Milner, who is the, uh, I suppose, Team boss is, I wouldn't say team boss because Malcolm has something to say about that, but he's the, he's running the, the, the WRC side of stuff at M Sport now. And we were good mates. And we said, listen, why don't we go and do, do a rally together? And then Red Bull got on board and said, you know, we want to go and, and make a, a television show out of this. But all of my previous experience, you're right, was all on a circuit. So like, and I, I said to them, I guarantee by the end of day one, she'll be in the hedge for sure. She'll be upside down in the ditch. And, and it wasn't. We, we, you know, we slowly got the hang of it. And I think, well, we got a puncture on day two. And that made, that made for good television. But we weren't a million miles away. But I think, it, and you probably know better than I do, for sure. Because the experience that I had, and I've driven Elvin's WRC car, the Fiesta. That was a year and a half ago. And you, it was actually so easy to drive. But for anybody, and it, it really was. Because I, they design it to be easy to drive. But... For any normal person, you could probably they could probably get it to, you know, if I could get that car to 80, 85%, I'd be absolutely delighted with it. But I'll never, ever in a million years find the last 15%. Do you know what I mean? It's just not, it's not going to happen. And that's what makes WRC drivers so good. And, and I saw that even at the level that I did it in the R2 with Rally GB, you know, you get to a point and then you just hit a brick wall and you can't get past it. Whereas... You know, the people, the guys in the WRC at the top level, they're able to smash through that and then find another half second a kilometre. And then when they found that, they can somehow find another half second or second a kilometre. And it's, you know, so it was, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I, yeah, going straight sideways, I wouldn't say it was a roaring success, but it was brilliant experience for me and good fun. You can relate a lot to the drivers that you interview as well, obviously from the racing experience and because now you've done a rally. When you're interviewing someone, I guess you can kind of judge which way to go with things and try and avoid the awkward questions <laughs> or try Definitely. and ask the Look, best ones for them. The, the thing I'll always say, the thing that I've taken, uh, the most important thing that I've taken from my previous race experience and what I'm doing now in sports cars and radicals and what have you, is that you're able to, because I, now I, I'm, doing, I'm doing what I do because I enjoy it. I'm, I'm going racing now because I enjoy it. It's not because I'm ever going to, you know go and make a career out of it that's that's gone that's not that's not my career but what i can what i'm always doing is a enjoying it but b you're constantly keeping the rust off and you're able to when you when you're watching or live commentating on 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 the television be it at a circuit race or or a wrc event you're able to read so much better what the car's doing because you've been in that position you can see what's going on and and also you're able to put yourself in the mindset of a driver and, and that makes such a difference. And I, and I do think drivers appreciate that when the last thing that they want is for somebody to come and stick a microphone in their face. And there's a lot of people in the press who don't understand why drivers upset with them for, for 
you know, asking a certain question or picking a certain time to go and ask a question because they've not been in that position themselves. Do you know what I mean? And you're able to know. I mean, there's, there've been times when a producer said to me, ah, oh, Chenny, can, we need to go and ask him this now. And it's like, now's not the time, you know, because you know that, that you probably, well, you're not going to get the answer that you want. And that's, you're not going to get the answer you want. You're going to get told to, you know, where to go. And, and also you damage the relationship with that person further down the line. So it, it's so important to me to have been able, either through karting or through what I'm doing now in the racing and even just going and doing Rally GB to get, you know, it gives you an idea of what a driver's going through and, and, and so much more because they're under so much more pressure. You know, what I'm doing is at club level and a bit of European stuff, but at world level with so much at stake, you know, and, and that's the most important thing about about what I'm what I've taken from motorsport from actually competing um, because it is really important to know when to ask a certain question and to be able to read what, what you, when you're commentating in particular read what a car is doing and be able to, to make an accurate comment on that and um, so I don't think if I if I was racing I'd be anywhere I'd be able to do what I do now and some people will say I do it well and some people will say I, I don't do it well but it's you have great banter though you can see on the screen you've got really good banter with the people that you're interviewing it's all quite matey and it's nice so you get i think you get the best out of people but with tv you're welcome but um with tv when did that come up for you like when did the opportunity arise did you think actually right racing this is not necessarily going to go where i want it to go i'm going to look for different avenues and like something came up or how did it happen for you so yeah, well, when sort of late teens, early 20s, it became pretty clear. In fact, probably a, bit, a little bit before that, because we were actually, you know, we'd spoken to some, some Formula 3000 teams back then and, 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 and then through that Formula 1 teams and stuff who'd, who, were, who were doing kind of young driver programs. So Lewis was, 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 was embedded with McLaren at the time. I remember, you know, and this, and this is to his credit, you know, Tony, um, Lewis's dad, when, they, when we first started, they were, he was turning up with a red Vauxhall Cavalier with, and I remember this little box trailer on the back. And then, and then the results started coming and sponsors started coming and people wanted to help him. And, 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 and he eventually became, as I said, embedded with, with McLaren. And, and we'd spoken to a few teams, but my mum and dad had always um, put education for me and my sisters first. That was, that was racing was never, you know, was never going to take priority so probably by 16 17 it became pretty clear that I wasn't going to make a career out of racing either through not having the financial backing or not playing not being good enough um but that was that was sort of that was you know we were going down that path and we figured it out so I went to university and studied sports journalism I didn't you know school was never really like my I enjoyed it but I enjoyed it for the wrong reasons um, so like, um, but I did, I managed to scrape into university and, um, uh, yeah, and I got a first class degree in sports journalism and that was because I was able to, I was able to like focus my degree on motorsport. And I think if you're interested in something, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or, or what you're about. If you're interested in something, you'll enjoy applying yourself and you get the best from yourself, you know? And because I was able to spend three years at university, uh, predominant, there was a bit of football stuff and things that you had to do and the, the law stuff and, the, and that kind of thing. But 
the big projects, you could kind of pick and choose what you wanted to get involved in. And, and I wanted to do motorsport. And because I enjoyed it, I did okay at it and came out with a good result. Um, and then I remember, think, I remember leaving university thinking, right, I've got a first. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to be able to go and, and walk into a job as a, uh, I don't know, as a, as a journalist, as a presenter, whatever. And it just didn't happen. <laughs> it just did not happen at all. So I rang. Um, it was actually my dad at the NEC. I think it was the NEC or London Excel. I can't remember. But anyway, he, um, he bumped into this new digital magazine called iMotor. I knew nothing about it. And, um, and they were a, a kind of sister magazine to Auto Express. Um, and um, I just cold called them and explained that, yeah, you know, I've got a first class degree in this and did that and kind of went down the education route. And they were like, you could hear in their voice, they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, heard it all before. And I said, oh, you know, I, I used to race carts with Lewis Hamilton. And, and they were like, oh, right, okay. And I said, yeah, and I, I, was a, I was a race instructor as well while I was at university. And they said, oh, okay, cool. What are you doing on Monday? Can you come and put a car sideways for us? And I was like, yeah, yeah. sure. So it was like <laughs> those three years working so hard and then that's all it took. But so I went and worked with them as a presenter for a little while. Um, and then through a contact at university um, with North One Television, um, I actually spent a couple of weeks, yeah, a couple of weeks at university in my second year, I think, is a, doing a bit of work experience with North One TV, who had the rights for the WRC at the time. Mm, so yeah. I got a phone call from them, uh, one of the producers there, really good guy. And he rang me up and said, look, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you up to? Are you available? You know, we're looking for an assistant producer on a show called Rally World. And, um, and I went and started working for them. And, and off the back of that, um, I spent the first year in the office. I think we made 36 shows, myself and two other guys. And it was a brilliant experience. And I voiced them all. And, and then, then, did, um, then started going on, on site as, um, as, I suppose, a technical producer and a reporter. And, um, and I think they, they sort of saw the opportunity in me because, I'm, because I had a bit more of a technical insight into what was going on yeah. with the cars that they could use that on site. And, and you knew your subject, which I think really helped. <laughs> well, again, some people would say, some people wouldn't. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll stay on the first side and see you do. But um, you kind of come up with a few bits of advice, really, to people who may want to go down the same route as you. So don't be afraid to cold call, sell all your assets to, you know, is there anything you'd pass on to someone else aspiring to get down your route or? Well, definitely don't be afraid to cold call because all anyone can ever do is say no. And, and that's it. And you've made the connection with them. And, you know, if you're know your subject, know your subject. And, and if you, if you want it and you work hard enough for it, then it'll happen. And, and there's always, I think now in particular, particularly with what everything, you know, with everything that's been going on in the world, you know, I did work for free for a little while on, you know, the first couple of, um, the first couple of shoots I did with iMotor were for free. And then, then after that, I got, I think I got paid my, my fuel, you know? Um, and then after that I started getting paid. So there was, there was probably a couple of months where I didn't, I was quite, and I was quite happy to work for free and you ha and some, you know, you, you do have to do that. If you go into something, expect to be paid straight away, then perhaps that's not the right attitude. If you're prepared to put yourself out there, then, I think people will invest in that um, with their time and then eventually financially. Um, but, you know, there's, there's also been a lot of luck in, in, you know, right place, right time. And I, and I totally admit that. 
um, and the fact that I was always obsessed with motorsport, you know, from a very, from as long, as far back as I can remember. Um, uh, I always wanted to work in motorsport. So I probably, I certainly pushed myself in that way. But if my, if my dad hadn't taken me racing, there's no question that I would not be able to do what I do now, you know, and, and you know, that's, that's a fact. And tell us about your 2020 so far. So you've actually been racing after COVID, which is amazing. Very jealous of that. And you've got some podiums. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we, it's been a strange old year, hasn't it? Jade? Cause we've like, you know, it's been a strange one for everybody, but the motorsport internationally and nationally in the, here in the UK, it just stopped, didn't it? It just came to a complete halt. So, um, you got some bits in there before it all stopped, though. So you were you said before we started recording, you've done Dakar a few times anyway. You've mm. been out there, and you've got yeah. out this year as well, which is amazing. Yeah, we did. We yeah, we did Dakar in Saudi Arabia first time in Saudi Arabia. It was brilliant. Um, so that was the Dakar. That was for Red Bull TV, um, the Dakar Daily Show, and it's always mega. And you know, Red Bull, they're really, you know, slightly going off subject, but they're really keen on pushing things like that. You know, so it was great. And um, I think that was the fourth or fifth time I've done Dakar now. But uh, yeah, did that. And then obviously there was uh, the first three rounds of the WRC. We got, we got Monty, Sweden, which was a bizarre one because there was no snow. Uh, yeah, and then that was weird. Yeah, we, I did um, Reese Yates and he was just like, because at the time I think it was a bit controversial because it was about the tyres and they couldn't get the tyres out or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, there, was, there wasn't any ice basically, or there were patches of ice. And what I think what the drivers were finding was that when you're driving with a studded tyre, particularly a very thin studded tyre on gravel, as you well know, you know, it rips the studs out. And then further down the stage, you get to an icy patch and you haven't got any studs left. So it was all a little, it was a bizarre one. It was a, it was a massive juggle, Rally Sweden, but it, was, it made for a great event. Then we moved on to Mexico and, um, and we got as far as a Saturday night and, and then I had to call it a day and get everybody home as quickly as possible. And that's as far as it's gone so far. So, um, so yeah, it's been a funny one so far as the WRC goes and television goes. I myself have been doing quite a lot of voicing um, for various different people and various different companies and done some stuff, obviously, for Red Bull TV. We've kept things ticking over in the background. WRC Unfiltered. And they're all on Rebel TV and, and some Instagrams with, with guys as well, with uh, the WRC guys and the Dakar legends. So, um, so that has been great. Um, but it's, it's not the same as going on an event, is it? And, um, and yeah, and a little bit of racing. We got the first round of the championship with the Radicals uh, a couple of weeks ago. Where were you? Was it Snetterton? At Snets, yeah, we were at Snetterton. And um, yeah, it was kind of ran faultlessly. And, and took a double win, which was brilliant. Can I ask you what's your thoughts? I know we touched on it a little bit before we started recording, but what's your thoughts on how motorsport's going to come back? Because I've spoke to a variety of people throughout COVID, you know, well, throughout lockdown, sorry, um, from Motorsport UK to competitors to people who work in PR. And obviously it has been such a weird time. But with my partner having a rally school, you're kind of seeing the shift and kind of a little bit of hesitation. I think everyone's desperate to go back, but do you think people are just going to wait until next year and start the season again? Or do you think people are just going to leap on it when they first can? What, what do you think? Motorsport, if you've got it in the blood, it's a very difficult thing to drop, isn't it? So you, if it's there, you want to go racing. Um, I think there's no, certainly at, at a club level, 
there's there's no doubting that there's been a financial impact on some people and they, they simply can't afford to go racing anymore which is which is a massive shame and then and then coming up more to kind of you know national level and, and what have you you know people are going out and they are racing and it, and those who aren't on the grid will come back and i think certainly what i saw was beyond the financial impact was you know everyone was there they were socially distancing they were you know, wearing masks and doing everything that they could in order to um, prevent catching or spreading anything that they, you know, so, and they were doing everything they could. And Motorsport UK have done a great job of sending out the guidelines to everybody of what you can and can't do. Um, and for the most part, certainly in my experience of, you know, a couple of test days and, and a race weekend so far this year, and I know that's not a lot to go by, but, you know, for the most part, people have been being very careful. And I think it will, it will come back, you know, because if you've got the bug, it's a, it's a very difficult thing to, to get rid of, isn't it? <laughs> so, yes, I completely understand. So, for your rest of your 2020, I guess you're back on for the WRC. Have you got any uh, predictions? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I, to I, ask this. I didn't check that it was okay first. No, 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 it's fine. I, put, I, did, I, put, I asked the same question on my Instagram yesterday. Um, and loads of people have come back. Some people saying Tanak. I don't think well, it's quite settled into that Hyundai yet, um, but it will come for sure. It'll, it, you know, it will come. Um, the, the Toyota seems to be more forgiving to different people's driving styles. I think, you know, certain people, someone who might like a little bit of understeer, can drive the Toyota with a little bit of understeer. With someone who likes it real point and squirk, they can they can factor that into the way they set the car up. Whereas the Hyundai is probably possibly a little bit more difficult to set up. Uh, and it's quite understeer prone, and that's what Sebastian Loeb has, and by his own admission, he said, I, I'm just struggling to get the right setup with it. Um, so I think it'll probably go the way of Toyota. Might be wrong. Um, and then, look, Elvin's had an amazing start to the year. He's a different guy. He's a different yeah. man. Maybe it's because he's had babies. Maybe it's the twins that's helped. <laughs> maybe. You, maybe. You can, ask him, you can ask him that one yourself. Is that the secret? Go and have a couple of kids. <laughs> it didn't look too tired. It's the day, actually, but yeah, it didn't look too knackered. But... That's because Donna's doing all the work. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, he's had, a, he's had a brilliant start to the, to the year and the pace is there. He's a, he's a championship contender. And then, obviously, Sebastian Ogier, you just can't write the man off in anything. He is the, no. the complete package. Um, and um, so, don't know. Thierry Neville, Oit Tanak, Elvin Evans, Sebastian Ogier. This it's, it's spin the wheel. I don't know. Tough one. Probably if you probably put a fiver on it. I'll, I'll, oh, Do you want me to ask it? Oh, really? You're gonna go for Elvin? I'm gonna go for Elvin. Yeah. Why not? Fingers crossed. I think he deserves it. But well, it does uh, definitely. Works very hard. And the very last question, because I know you've got things to do with your evening. What's your highlight of your racing career and TV career combined? Do you have one? Oh, crikey. Racing career. Um, probably just being able to, <laughs> probably just being able to get back in the seat um, after, after a little while. It's like I said, if you've got the bug and you can't, and you stop racing, it's quite a difficult thing to, to drop. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's, been lots I suppose looking back now just being able to go out and spend those weekends with your dad is nice we took loads of we took we took wins and we had success in, in karting and in 
and, and a bit in cars as well. But, you know, I suppose looking back, it's, it's just going out and, and having the time with your, with your old man because it's a nice thing to do. Um, and, and you take it for granted, as I said, you take it for granted at the time. But, but, but now it's, you know, it's a nice thing to look back on and they're, you know, they're fond memories. And then oh, our TV career, that's a tough one because I've been so lucky to do so many cool things, particularly with Red Bull. Um, you know, they've thrown me out of a plane. They've sent me down rapids. Obviously, when did Rally GB, that's unquestionably a highlight. Um, you know, oh, I don't know. Like you. They threw you out of a plane. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, that's how we <laughs> opened Rally Australia. Uh, Chenny, we're going we're gonna to chuck you out of a plane, mate. And I kind of you know, foolishly, yeah, all right. That sounds like a great idea. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. That's going to take some serious thought. I don't know. There's been too many, too many. Well, it sounds a very, very good career so far. Well done. You're doing an absolutely brilliant job. You make it very entertaining to watch. Thank you very much. That's that's the idea. Look, at the end of the day, if people are enjoying watching it and there's a bit and they, and they learn something, there's a bit of information coming across, then box ticks in it. Thank you so much for listening. That was Mike Chen, and thanks to Mike as well for coming on to my podcast. I have got plenty more in the pipeline this one's been a little bit delayed because i've been moving house and work's been starting up again a lot more at both the north last wonder and with the forest experience high school so been a little bit busy but i've got some really interesting guests coming over the next few weeks if you've got any suggestions any questions or anything else you think um i should be asking my uh, my guests then please just get in touch and follow my pages at jade pavely motorsport on instagram facebook and twitter I must also add that I have finally done my own interview, but I did it in a more of a chatty style with Hannah McKillop and we kind of interviewed each other. So it was a good old long sesh that was. That's going to take a bit of editing. <laughs> but uh, thank you ever so much again. And thank you to my sponsors, Forest Experience Rally School and Group B Motorsport and the Motorsport Lounge. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. <laughs>